Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Surreal Global Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by FPL Chef and myself, Hybe Index. How are we doing, Chef? Yeah, I'm not so bad. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Excited to to get this kicked off finally. I know it's something we've been talking about for a few months and and wanted to to get going. So, Surreal, a, a platform we've both been playing about with for the last two or three months. I think the potential is huge and really just wanted to get, to get a podcast out there into the community after seeing the, the positivity from some of the Football Index uh, community-led podcasts in that space. So, yeah, wanted to get this going, start to, to talk to whoever's listening. I'm not sure who initially is going to be listening to this, but I'm sure as, as we go, the rear's going to get, get huge. Um, it's certainly got massive potential. So, while you're listening, if you haven't already signed up, then be on my link in my Twitter profile at HiBindex or, or via Chef's link in at FPL Chef. Get on our, our Twitter pages, sign up, and you'll get 10 free common cards to begin with. You'll need to select these in a fantasy football style draft, and that's where the, the fun begins. So we'll go into it. We'll talk about what is what, what is Sarar, some of the details, but I'm sure as we, we, we go through this, be lots of questions from, from the community, new users, and, and lots of content to, to touch upon. So, Jeff? Yeah, it, seems, it feels like a good time to start this podcast, especially with the new seasons all starting in Europe. Um, like you mentioned, it's a global fantasy football, um, and it's 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 pretty unique. Um, we, there's, I think there's so much potential in this platform, there's so much potential with the content. Um, especially with a podcast, I mean, this is. We, I mean, we already spoke off air about you know how this is. This is probably like a beginner's podcast, if you like, and uh, in, like getting this into the community. But I think going forward, there's a lot of lot of stuff we can work on. You know, that's going to be. I mean, the game weeks are huge. We'll probably touch upon the game week in this podcast as well. Um, but I mean, this this week's game week is is huge. I don't know if you've looked at the fixtures, but it, it is it is a massive game week, isn't it? Um, I have. I've got. I don't know how many teams involved. So yeah, you've got a lot more teams than I have. <laughs> but um, that's, that's going to be good, and I think that's what's going to really start kickstarting the community. We've had obviously over that summer period, lots of the the leagues been off. So, you know, we've had some activity in the, the Japanese league, some in the, in the Belgian league at different points, and, and and pretty sparse across the place. But as we get into new seasons, let's just say it's going to be pretty insane the amount of football that's going on and because it's a, a global fantasy football platform the amount that we've got going on there should be great like i said this is this is going to be a pretty much like a beginner's podcast but i think going forward you know we're gonna we can touch on the market uh the, both the secondary and the auctions i mean today i don't know if you've bought any of the napoli cards i mean i haven't but um they, they look pretty sweet the new cards they do um, indeed um so i've not managed i know um <laughs> You'll never walk alone. He's managed to pick up a, a few already. They, yeah, I saw, the, I saw his tweet. So, I mean, I've, I mean, I've been thinking about some of the stuff we can do, and I'm pretty excited about some of the content. And um, I don't, I think it, we'll start with this podcast, but I think you'll you'll see this podcast grow as, as the community grows, and we'll do different things. Um, but yeah, I, so I, I suppose let's let's tell them what this is about then. Yeah, I was going to say that's a good segue into what is Sarah. Um. Yeah, so let me give a bit of a, a background. So, so there's a, a blockchain 
based fantasy football game. So users essentially buy, sell, trade and collect player cards. These cards aren't limited. You enter them in fantasy football tournaments, compete for, for prizes on a weekly basis. So we alluded there to there have been various different competitions available this game week. They're all free to join. Every, every competition is free to join. You just need to buy player cards and then you can start to, to enter various competitions there. So I've got a significant amount of entries coming up in the, the following game week. I think including some of the, the training squads, I've got 27 teams registered and that's all free entries, giving me a, a good chance to, to win some good prizes. I think actually this week I'm, I'm going to win the weekly prize. So yeah, anyway, getting back to, to what is Sarar, we talked there about there being a limited supply. So this is the key. This is one of the major selling points. There's only ever going to be a maximum of 100 rares, 10 super rares, and one unique card per player per year. So if you buy somebody today, you take a, a player who's maybe 24, 25 years old, there'll be 100 rare cards minted for them that, that season. There might only be another 10 seasons that that player is going to be available for. So a maximum of 1,000 cards available for that particular player. We already have more users on Surreal than there is cards for for certain players. So it's certainly interesting how that that scarcity works. That's going to, I suppose, be one of the the major selling points of this platform and one of the most exciting parts. Trying to pick up some players early before they are the next star trying to understand you know, what that what that likely digital scarcity is of a player. So as you can see, it's, so Arara is quite clearly a, a new concept, but it's built on many solid foundations. So we've got the digital scarcity, we've got the popularity of fantasy football, we've got a growing collectibles market, and we've got official club licenses. So that's another one of the, the key parts of Swarar, is the fact that Football clubs are officially licensed on, onto Sawarar. So we've got some huge clubs across Europe and across the world already. We've got the MLS Players Association, so all MLS clubs. We've got all the, the Belgian Pro League clubs. We've got the, the J League and, the, and also the K League, so the Japanese and Korean players there. In Europe, some huge names you've got in Italy, Juventus, Napoli and Roma. Spain, we've got Atletico, Valencia, Betis. Germany, we've got Schalke and Bayer Leverkusen. We've got West Ham on there. And we've got some some French teams like Lyon, Lille, and, and also across Europe, clubs like Porto, Benfica, Shakhtar. So lot, lots of different clubs have already signed up to, to the platform. And one of the key things is that these clubs coming on to Sparar, they're going to bring additional users, but the clubs are actually generating wealth via being on, on Swarar. So it's a, a bit of a, a win-win situation for, for both the platform and for these clubs. So they get access into markets such as the, the US and, and China, and the, the, they're able to, to globalize their, their brands via this new unique trading platform and, and users on the other hand, are able to start collecting players in these global clubs that they enjoy watching, enjoy supporting, and are able to actually use these trading cards in a fantasy football game that gives you rewards. So you can actually win back money and additional player cards each game week. Um, It's really quite an exciting 
prospect. So I suppose up till this point, we've never really been able to, to collect, trade and, trade and utilise the digital items we've used. So I suppose a lot of the people listening have maybe played games like Call of Duty, Fortnite, FIFA, maybe even Pokemon or these, these type of, of games. Lots of people are spending large amounts of, of, of money in these games without ever actually owning the digital items, characters, whatever within them. That's what's different about Sorar. You actually, because it's based on, on blockchain, which we'll, we'll go into in a, a bit more detail later on, don't get scared off by, by that fact, we'll, we'll cover that in, in some detail. And because we, we are training on a blockchain platform, these, these cards are essentially your, your own. They are uniquely yours. You own that, that digital card and can be traded inside or outside of Superar. So there's lots of other digital marketplaces where you can actually trade these, these cards. Um, but that's not something you need to do. You can simply keep that inside and, uh, and play the fantasy football game. So, so with all that being said, what what is it about Sarah that you like particularly? What is it that you know that that appeals to you? To to me, is the, yeah. the unique nature. Yeah. So I suppose this is something it combines a lot of elements that I enjoy from other platforms and other games, and it also brings some new aspects to that. So the fact that so obviously we you know I'm a, a a fairly big football index user have been over the, the last couple of years and I'm a huge football fan and I enjoy that that element of football so actually you know, the, the passion that I get from collecting for our cards and using them in game weeks is really exciting you, you know we're in, in various groups where we're chatting every week about who you're going to select what your results were um, it's, it's like that that fantasy football community. So I, I like that that element of it. But all the the additional parts to what are that don't quite exist elsewhere are are what really intrigue me. So the fact that, is, that we've got this scarcity, there's only a limited amount of cards. The, the fact that I can trade and transfer and, and loan and swap players with other managers in the community. The fact that I can play fantasy football across a global platform. So I can pick a team, a lineup that includes French players, players playing in the, the Japanese league, players playing in, in the US, and combined, that might be the, the right lineup for, for me to, to win. And but I also like the, the fact that there's almost a, a segregation of that. So if I, I only want to focus on European-based players, so that is probably where, where I am most, more focused, and I know you're... You're, you're more into the, the Japanese and the US leagues um, since joining. So it gives people that where, where your passion lies, where you've got a strength or more knowledge in, in a particular league, you can get in, more heavily involved there, but you can also get involved in, in all the other leagues. So as I said, I'm predominantly in, in European-based players, but I have lots of, of decent options in these other leagues, and I can supplement them into to some of my lineup. So that's really exciting. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much like a J League scout at the minute. Um, yeah, the amount of games you're watching. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I haven't watched the J League for a lot of years, but uh, recently I'm watching it every week, um, just because of the, playing this. Um, 
it, it's crazy what it, what it's done to me. Um, I was at, I was actually watching FC Tokyo over um, over a Premier League game the other day, so that that's, that kind of tells you what it's done to me. <laughs> that does show you definitely. I get quite excited about the the Belgian league. So beforehand, I didn't have a, a great interest in that, other than from playing football manager. Some of the youngsters that came through there. Now I've got notifications on for certain teams and for for that league. Looking at the lineups when they, they come through, seeing how they've been doing in some sort of preseason games, it's fantastic. So it's just added something new to my football calendar, I suppose, um, and that's yeah, that's that's really exciting. It's a, a natural thing. It's not I'm, I'm, you know, I'm finding the passion to to do that, and it's also adding to to some of the the European leagues that I was already looking at. I'm now looking at them from a slightly different angle or, or looking at different teams. So yeah. that's really interesting. I mean, I suppose this brings us naturally into our next bit of is, is the buying the cards themselves. I mean, it's I like the trading aspect of this quite a lot. I mean, the market can be difficult sometimes, I, I've found, but it is, it, it, it's out of the auctions. I, I mean, we've, we've obviously got a few chats going, like we mentioned earlier. Um, and when when it's the new when it's like the power hour and stuff like that, we're all like saying, "Oh, this guy's going for like point five or whatever," you know. And I I love the auction side of it. Um, it De- definitely, I think that's one of the one of the draws, isn't it? That this, all cards that come onto the market are delivered via live auctions. So auctions run twenty four hours a day. You've got ones go finishing off at three a.m. in the morning. Because because it is a, a global game, we've got users everywhere. So users in, in Russia and America, all, all over the place, uh, every country in Europe, you, you can imagine. So the fact that it is this global and 24-hour market makes it really exciting. I know I've set my alarm for 4 a.m. a few times <laughs> when I first joined to pick up some bargains. Yeah, um, I think we've, we've, both had com- we've had that conversation, haven't we, where it's like, are you, are you staying up late tonight or... That's it. Do the night, do the night shift to get in your buys. But if if it works out and that's that suits you, then and that's really great. I think you're right. That's one of the amazing parts is the the auctions. So there's different ways of of buying cards on Spurrier. You can buy them via via auctions, but there's also the, a secondary market. So I suppose just going back to the, the, the auction system. So we talked about there being three different types of cards, rares, super rares, and, and uniques. So they all start at a set price. So a rare starts at 0.01 Ethereum. A super rare starts at 0.1 Ethereum. And a unique starts at 1 Ethereum. So just as a, a bit of a, a guide. Um, so this is a, a bit of a, a while ago. I don't have the, the price to hand. I don't know if you do. Yeah, but um, it was £2, £241 was one ETH. And that was at the, the end of July. That does that does change, but have you got that to hand at all? Uh, I'm just Googling it now. Uh, it's £298, 10 pence sterling, uh, right, at £1842. So that was, that was the, last, the last price of Ethereum. So we're looking at roughly £300 for, for one ETH. Uh, at the moment, and this is something that I always get questions at about what about the the risk of 
fluctuations in, in the price of Ethereum if you're you're buying cards um, you, using that. And this is something that for, for me personally, I, I don't find it as much of a concern. Um, so essentially, when when you're on the platform, you're looking at buying cards. Although you're purchasing them in Ethereum, you, you are valuing them in, in your head in a fiat currency, so a pound, dollar, or, or euro amount. So I, I, I look to, to buy a player. I look at where, where that price is going, £40, £50, whatever that may be. And is that price acceptable? Am I happy to, to pay that? Do I think I, I get value from that in terms of the, the usage and what I can, can win back or the amount I can potentially sell that, that player back on? So regardless of how Ethereum moves, there should always almost be a pinning of that player's value to users in terms of a, a fiat currency. So as I said, there's a limited amount of cards and there's already more users than than certain cards will, will have um, variations off. So a, a, a really exciting player or somebody who's really good within the, the, the platform, he will have a, a value driven by the user demand for that player, regardless of, of what the price of Ethereum is doing. That, that will always be pinned in, in people's minds what they're willing to pay for him, depending on what they're, they're able to get back. So that, for me, is something to, to obviously just call out because it's something I get quite a few questions on um yeah, and, so when just... and when you buy a player it, when you when you like physically buy it it says doesn't it like the price in like pounds it would be for us and um, says what what price that was when you bought him doesn't it on the card all the time so you've always got you always know what you've paid for that player and if if if, if you've got similar players on the market you, you, you've got an idea of what what the value is i guess Exactly, you can always see that. So that's that's how I have it in my head. I see a player and I think, okay, I've got about maybe a twenty pound value on a on a certain player. So if I see a, an auction coming up and he's going for eight, nine, twelve pound, whatever I may I may bid, I've got a fiat price in my head. So I'm not really worried about what's happening with the the cryptocurrency there at that time. Um, there's opportunities for me to to make some money by trading the cryptocurrency in terms of buying that and then bringing it into so there are there's, there's some benefits from being aware of, of what's going on yeah, in I that mean, marketplace like if, if like obviously like the price of ethereum's been quite like variable over the last say month hasn't it um, i think you know the market does respond to the the, the change in the in price of ethereum as well so uh, that's something i've noticed over the last month um, it's all the value of if players yeah. has changed. So yeah, people don't need to worry about that too much. And also, like, if, if you'd have bought some Ethereum at the beginning of the like month when it was like under two hundred and fifty pound or whatever, and then wait to trade until it was like three hundred and fifty pounds, you'd you'd have made money as well. Exactly. So, so you know, there's plenty of opportunities on the platform to make money. Yeah. So we've talked a little about secondary market there. And, as well, um, and the, and that, the secondary market is a massive part of this game, um, where you're buying cards from other users, and because it's global fantasy, it's the interesting thing is, no matter where your players move, as long as they move to a, a league covered by Opta, you, your player still, still, still counts, doesn't it? It's like you you were had, had a few high profile players move to the MLS recently. Uh, Gonzalo, for example. Yeah, uh, Gonzalo yeah, Wayne. Not... He's he's 
he's moved to the MLS. His value at Juventus on the game was probably, you know, not not that much. I think you could pick his card up for about fifty pound or something like that. I'd be right in saying, but it, it, now he's moved to the well, MLS. Funny you say that. It's funny you say that because literally before we we started recording this, I sent out that tweet. Um, I think I picked him up for. Yeah, fifty pounds, forty nine pounds, forty four pence, and I think the cheapest you can buy them now for is, is about one hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, uh, I, as you said, it's. I've I've got one similar with uh, under from Roma. Uh, I, I I won him in a tournament, and he's, he was going on, on the market for about uh, like I think it was about thirty pound, forty pound, and the cheapest one at the minute's about eighty pounds. So you know it's because he's moved to Leicester and he's going to get games. So it's you know there's opportunities everywhere, especially when the transfer windows open. That's it. And I suppose just to, to explain as well to, to new users why maybe moving from a big club another club where in some other platforms that might be seen as a negative is actually a positive so we've got a scoring matrix within so our players regardless of, of where they they are, are are going to be competing in that compete in any lineup so we've got Higuain who's moving from Juventus to into Miami he's potentially going to have higher scores in this lower level league We've also got the situation you said there with, with Under, who's moving to between similar leagues, top top five, Italy to, to the, the Premier League. But the, the benefit for, for Under is Leicester are not on Surar. So there'll be no new cards minted for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, potentially the cards, that are in, the cards that are in existence are the, the cards that are available until Leicester um, get on boarded. So there's a, a potential there that there's far less cards in circulation for this player who's had a high-profile transfer move there. So really, really exciting stuff you can pick up a someday. And then you've got that, that dual benefit of them moving up to, to a better club for them scoring-wise and potentially moving to a club that's not on the platform. So there'll be less cards available for other users to buy, so potentially more demand for that. Yeah, move. and, and I, actually, I actually won that, that card in in one of the competitions so I didn't even pay for it so the, these are the Sadly, even yeah the, these are the opportunities that, that the platform is going to provide you you know to, to to get a return on your investment if you like um, and that's it and I suppose that's quite important the fact that that is where you get a lot of the return on your investment so you buy player cards obviously you're hoping that you're, you're picking undervalued cards that other people are wanting to, to purchase off you in the, in the future for a higher price. But you can also just use them in the fantasy tournaments and return their value quite quickly through the rewards on, on offer. So quite high level of, of payouts on a, on a weekly basis. I know there's been previous um, analysis done, and I think we're, we're talking anywhere in the region of, sort of 10,000 to 20,000 euros every week. I know... As a, as a company, they've got great aspirations, really decent budget after a four million um, venture capital um, capital um, raise. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, a great place to actually invest your money into to some playing cards that you can get utility out of. The yeah, and I, off actually. And and and, and like, sorry, no, it's all right. I, I think um, like touching upon that, I think every just about every single card is undervalued at the minute because because of that because of. I, don't, I think 
you know, sometimes you can be a bit short-sighted with this, can't you? And, and be like, have I ever paid for that? You know, is it, have I paid a bit too much money, etc. But when you, when you think about how long a season is, like, you know, there's 38, 38 games in most leagues. Uh, you know, that's for one card, you're going to have 38 opportunities. And that's just in the league. That's not con- like including like the Europa League, Champions League. Um, and if and if they end up doing the international tournaments and stuff like that, you know, there's, there's going to be, and then you, you, you look at that over a player's career. Like you mentioned earlier, you might buy a 24 year old and he's, you've got 10 years out of this card. You know, to me, it just seems that every single card on the platform is undervalued, you know, because of the potential returns that are massive when you look at it in the long term. I think so. I seen a tweet today that suggested somebody who was was buying a, a few cards in the Napoli auction expects to, to get his return on those after eight game weeks. Exactly. This guy's, he's, he's pretty good. He knows what, knows what he's doing. But yeah, the, the return of value on and these were fairly high value expensive cards. But if you're using them correctly with the, the rewards on offer and at this early stage of growth on the platform, it's yeah, a pretty good way to, to return your, your yeah. capital in a short period. I, th- I think it's a really like it's a it's a really good time to get in at the minute as well because I mean I I don't know what you think but I, I personally I think the the secondary market in a minute is a buyer's market. I don't think it's a seller's market right now. I think you know there's, there's, it's there's, there's just so many cheap cards out there to buy you know um and i'll probably i think what i'm gonna do in the next few weeks because i think the few people i don't know what you some of the people that i talked to about this game they think the barrier to entry is the price you know the 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 the, and and it does look look like sometimes yeah it can be a bit expensive to get involved in this but i think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna you know i've I've spotted you about this and is is make how to make a competitive team for like buying one Ethereum, you know, and and make it a competitive team in the division four, and show that you know you can do it. Um, and I think I'll start. I'll look at that in the next few weeks. Um, yeah, that that would be really good. So I think we we do see those examples. I've seen another um, Twitter user, I think Goka, posting that he put in a he he won the weekly, either last week or the week before. Team cost them zero point three three ETH. Exactly. The, pri- the prize it got back was worth zero point five five ETH. So <laughs> a, a significant return on his his investment there, and he still has all those cards. He can trade them for their value. He can use them in future game weeks. So yeah, yeah. And as you say, the undervalue is is definitely there. Yeah, I think um, if you look at this in the long term, it, it's it's the, the amount of value that there is crazy. I think personally. You talked talk there about the the barrier to entry being being priced. Now I know that this is something that the company are they're well aware of. They're they are looking at how they can make it more accessible to to all users. So this should be really inclusive. We we want to to get this um, across the, the the globe and get lots of of users participating yeah, I think, in this. Definitely, I think I think if there was like a if there was another layer underneath rare i think this would explode but i don't i, I mean that, that's something for the future I don't, I, you know, it's not it's not the time right now but um i think i think that's when the platform will just go boom and just and just rock it definitely i think it would be quite exciting so we've touched on 
the fantasy football tournaments, I suppose, but we've not really went into to much much detail yeah. around what that looks like. So I suppose the, the original premise of, of Surar was SO5, so having a, a team of a lineup of five players. Um, so we've got the, the SO5 fantasy, as it was called. Um, so when you're in the, uh, in the, the website, you can see a, a tab called Play. This is where you're, you'll enter all your, your fantasy football um, teams. So basically, you pick a team, a lineup, and that's one goalkeeper, a defender, a midfielder, a forward, and then one additional player. And that has to be from the, the outfield, so an additional defender, midfielder, or forward. So all the, the tournaments, free to enter, and they occur twice a week. So, as Chef mentioned, we've got Opta as the, the data provider. Yeah, I mean, this week is, is, is a crazy. This game week is crazy. I mean, you've got you've got the All-Star, you've got the Under-23s, you've got the Europe, champ, they've got Champion Europe and Challenger Europe, you've got Champion America and Champion Asia, and then you've got the Weekly Special. Um I mean, and then there's there's four tournaments within each of those categories. Um, it, it's 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 a busy week this week, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and 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 this is what is so exciting. So, if you take like say the global, for instance, that's probably one of the most competitive divisions um, because you you can pick any card on the platform to go in your team. Um, I mean, I'll, my my team this week. I'm hoping is is gonna win that. <laughs> but um, who do you, you have? So I'm only in Division Four because I'm not I'm not rich enough to own that many super rares. Um, so in my in my Division Four, I've got Lucas Pirard in goal. He's just he's just there because he's he's a keeper basically. Um, all I've got available. But my outfield is pretty exciting. So I've got Dankler in defence. I won that card this week from nice. the from the Asia one. Um, I've got Morioka. Uh, he's a Matrix beast. Um, he's going to be yep. our captain. And then I've got Ivan Oblakov as well, who is another Matrix beast. He just scored Dante last week um, out of 100. Yep. Uh, and up front, I've got Maxwell mm. Corney. So that's a, I think that's a pretty decent team. I'm uh, looking at my global D4 lineup, and I know that I'm going to struggle this week. So I think I've probably not prioritised this entry um, and I have put some of my, my stronger lineups in, in others this week just because because I had a, other options for under 23 but what have we got Ike Banson in goals Roman Evgenev in that defence and up front we're, we're fairly strong so Abu Bakri Koita Aouar and Jeremy Doku Jeremy Doku's like my favourite player in the this game, I've got like six of them. Yeah, yeah, like every week. I do, I do. <laughs> uh, a big fan. He got his uh, a Belgium cap the other week there. Um, yeah, I'm confident in this boy. So yeah, hopefully he does he, be well. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple of Belgians that I'm I'm hopeful get moves and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, um, I mean, and that's just the global. I mean, obviously there's the under twenty threes as well. I think that's you know, I like. So the under twenty threes is a, is a is a concept in Surrey that I really, really like. Um, yep. I've always been like a massive football manager nerd. Everyone follows me knows that. Um, I'm always like spouting on about wonder kids and stuff like that. And I think this under 23 tier gives you an opportunity to, to just like expand upon that, I guess, you know, and put your money where your mouth is. 
Um, the Cherokees of the world. Exactly, exactly. You know, uh, Ryan Cherk is a is a is a football index favourite, isn't he? And he's he's, he's becoming a Sarah favourite, I think, at the minute. Um, he put in yes. a, a ten minute cameo at the weekend and scored thirty nine. So, yeah, I think I think he's he's. There's a few people getting him, and the other French lad. I can never say his name, so I'm, I, I don't even know if I'm going to attempt it. Uh, this is a deal. Aouchi. Is it Aouchi? I th- Aouchi. Uh, we'll, we'll get pulled up by, <laughs> by others on this, I'm sure. But them, them two are uh, fast becoming favourites on the platform, um, as you could see in their auctions. Um, but yeah, the under 23 is 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 a. I'm a big big fan of that that concept of this. Um, I, I think it's a it's a really it's one of the best parts of the platform for me is the under 23 tournament. Definitely. So as as you said, you've got that extra tournament, and you buy maybe a sixteen, seventeen year old. You've got six, seven years of usage of that player in those tournaments. Never mind, and, and they can be used in all tournaments, but you've got that ability to use them in in those tournaments from a, from a young age. So those elite youth seem to to carry a, a premium on this platform as expected, but. They've got additional utility, so it's yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, I mean the the elite youth goalkeepers are, are a category all on their own, aren't they? Um, I mean, there's, they are, a, there's a couple on this platform: Maximenko and Maximiano. They're they're two of the elite keepers on this on this platform, and and they carry an elite price. Um, but I mean, I've I, I mean, I bought Maximenko for I think it was. Back when Ethereum was like under two hundred pounds, still, and I think I bought, I bought him for about ninety pound. Um, and I think today, if I put him on the market today, it'd probably be worth double that, um, quite easily. I think so. Yeah, I've paid. Uh, I certainly paid over a hundred pounds for for him. I can't remember. It's in the region one to one hundred twenty. Let me just have a, a look. See what the. So there's, there's three available. The cheapest is 135. Oh, right. <laughs> I was exaggerating then. <laughs> no, but I think that's a fair offer, to be fair, on, on him. Uh, decent keeper in this matrix. I think the fact he had a low score in the last game, a couple of 30s in recent games, is probably what's putting people off. But yeah, I mean, solid, a solid hold. I think I think when this podcast is over, I might go buy another one. Then if it's that cheap, um, you got because keepers are just gold dust on this platform. Yeah, de- definitely. I think that was uh, the first thing I identified when I started that I needed to just get keepers by hook or by crook. However, they came up, whether it was via the secondary market or or auctions. So I think that was why I stayed up till. 4am or set my alarm for 4am a few nights to try and get on some keepers because yeah, as clubs are coming onto the platform, obviously we've not got every single club in the in the world available yet so the great keepers are, are limited so when they come on, doubled by the fact that there's limited um, scarcity of each card you know, there is going to be that, that sort of premium rush for all the, the best keepers so yeah, I think I'm quite I'm quite sorted for for a few at the moment, but there's a a few I have my eyes on. I could I could always do more with more keepers, but I think I think that's really important for new users is 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 to have, and I'll probably do again. We we will definitely touch upon this in future podcasts. 
Um, and I'll definitely do some content with it. But it's 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 to have a strategy is when you're buying players is to I think when you first start out, if you haven't got a lot of money, you need to target specific competitions um and and have a strategy rather than just going scattergun and, and just bidding on everyone. I think that's the mistake I I first made when I signed up was I just I bidded on all, all these random players. Um yeah, so you might be getting individual value for those players, but you're not getting yourself the right lineups for. That's it. That. I, I couldn't. I couldn't fill up a lineup really, and not a competitive one. And I think that's really important if a new users is to have a strategy in mind. Are you going to target? I mean, obviously, I think we should maybe follow MDG. She Mel recently joined, and seems to have, have done very well in some of the purchases she made. So. Um, I think she she won some card the other day there due to her lineup and the the buys that she had. There's two or three players in that lineup that I really want yeah. went for quite high prices, but it shows she's came in as a new user and just targeted the right players, spending maybe more than she she would have on some other players in the market, but got it, getting the the right players in to actually start winning her some some rewards. So yeah, that was really good to see. Yeah, I mean. Well Obviously, I've I've targeted the J League. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, you I've and got, Didi. Both. Yeah, we, we've got quite a lot of Asian based players between us, haven't we? Um, I think I think Didi's got actually more than I have at the minute. Um, I really? think I've I've got like twenty four, twenty five. I think he's got a couple more. But um, yeah, I have, I have some. So I'm starting to build my MLS and. J and K League lineups, but I've won, won a few players, and I've also picked up some some youth that have been been really good. So, yeah, slowly building up those lineups. They're probably a two or three cards a week on each of the leagues, and then once I get to that point, I'll be more comfortable. But then there's always that next level. So I want to the, the you super this is it, isn't it? Like I bought my first super rare last week, I think it was, um, and and now I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm like, I need the next super rare. I need I need a couple of those now to make myself that much more competitive in in division three and division two. Um, That's that, it. So that gives you that that ability to to play in these other tournaments. So so it's just not to to put any new users off. There's not you. The competitive level, there's, there's different levels in each of the t- tournaments. So essentially, you can start off with just the, the rare cards. And then, as you progress, you might want to move into, as Chef said, these super rare cards. And, and that lets you into some of the Division 1, 2, and 3 entries there. So I suppose that we'll finish this off talking about the community. Um, I think anyone who signs up to this platform, they need to absolutely get on the discord um and sign up to that I, I it's 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 pretty active um you know there's people there willing to give advice there's also you can initiate trades I, i've done a fair few trades and as i know you have um over the discord uh, and i've found most people are, are pretty all right to negotiate with as well um yeah i think that's one of the, the great parts isn't it that you directly trade with, with people so make make some some deals so it's not just buying and selling one individual player uh, I know there's there's been situations where where users 
users have traded entire teams or have, have loaned teams or individual players for, for game weeks. So I, I particularly have, have benefited from that. I've managed to, to loan in a couple of MLS players. Um, so I got an MLS entry one week. So yeah, that would not have been possible without using Discord. So definitely get yourselves in, on there. Yeah, and all the announcements are there and as well, aren't they? Like you, the, when they announce the power hours and the latest teams to join the platform and stuff like that. Um, and, you know... The, That's it. You get that direct link to the company, don't you? Those yeah, you can, you, you can speak to that feedback. Yeah, you can speak to uh, the, 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 the de- developers, Katy, directly as well. Um, they're always about on there. Um, and they're, all, they're always pretty welcoming of, of chatting to to the community i think that's i think that's another aspect i really like is that they're quite they're quite easy to approach and they're quite like they, they, they speak to you rather than there's not like the barrier there that you can't spot can't speak to these people De- definitely and obviously it is a, a new platform it's, it's only been going for around that a year so it's a, a growing place i suppose as as more users on board that might change slightly but Certainly at the moment, it's a good place for the early users to get on board, start talking with the developers off this platform and shaping it in the, in the right way. And yeah, since we've been on in the last couple of months, there's been lots of different changes and, and lots of sort of community-driven feedback that have influenced those changes. So that's quite quite good to see. Yeah, I mean, look at today. They've launched the Lav leaderboards today, haven't they, on the website, which is... is is something that's been requested quite a lot on the on the Discord. Um, that that's it. And these these iterations just seem to, to keep coming because I know they're, they're they've got a whole list of items that are being developed and, and worked on. Some of them will come sooner rather than later, and you know some of them take a, a bit more time. But yeah, it seems to to be really proactive in terms of getting these changes onboarded into the community, getting a bit of feedback on them and, and tweaking them as necessary. So. Yeah, that's one of the, the massive positives, I think. Very intelligent guys running this platform. Yeah, definitely. And a, and a really good dev team. So I think that's that all about doers. Um, there'll be loads of referral links that you can follow to sign up to Sarah. Um I think it's a great time to sign up. You can get your 10 common cards and oh, you'll be able to enter competitions because all the European leagues are back and you can enter them for you know a little bit of time. Um and we'll we'll spam you with some referral links, so don't worry about that. Um, That's and, uh, as this goes out, we'll we'll give you that that information. But if you have any questions, get get in touch with with both of us. I'm sure that's yeah. yeah so we're always around on Twitter, so just just give send us a tweet and and you know, but my my I mean my messages are open, so you can always message me if you don't want to tweet me, um, and I can I'll see what I can do to help you out.